Alright, so this week on Vague State, we're going to be talking about growth and change. And really being able to evaluate, you know, how much progress you've made in your, in your psychological development. Alright man, what have we got? So, we're going to start out with this concept of, you are the audience to your own mind's orchestra of thoughts. Um, and sort of how you can evaluate every thought that passes through your mind, um, and not just being, like, helpless to the things that you think. Well, uh, something that I've kind of been thinking about recently, I think it's, it's one of those, uh, phrases that I can kind of get attached to. Um, I think it can kind of help you in the moment. Uh, so this one is, uh, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Um... You know, I think that can definitely help if you recognize that you're having, like, pretty negative thoughts. I haven't been uh, too much recently, but sometimes when I start to just kind of maybe mildly overthink things or, like, kind of pseudo-stress out, I'm like, eh, it's all in your head, it's whatever, you know, things will be fine. Yeah, I mean, I'd say my, my biggest problem has always been uh, just obsessively thinking about things and whenever there's something bothering me I'll just like sit there and think about it non-stop and, until I'm in a very bad mental state and I think lately I've gotten a lot better at um, just you know realizing whenever the thought comes on realizing that it's a negative thought um, realizing that it's a negative thought and then just being able to kind of not get rid of the thought but either making sense of it or getting out of my head, like going out and doing something because I know that it's a reoccurring thought and while it may be something that I need to think about, um, I guess just sort of knowing that it's not going to be a productive train of thought and I need to kind of get out of my head and just do something to be productive and stop thinking about it. And what this concept kind of illustrates is that it can allow you to see yourself as almost like two people. You've got all these thoughts that you're just going to have that's kind of like almost randomly generated <coughs> thoughts that come from a, a deeper place within you. But what this concept illustrates is that you can think about the things that you are thinking uh, and evaluate them and, and see if, essentially if it's like, you agree with them if you want to think them um, because a lot of the time you know people deal with intrusive thoughts mm -hmm. there's things like the call of the void uh, which is like a human phenomenon that's widely uh, widely said to happen uh, you know with uh, example of like people driving and you'll be driving and you might say you know this is pretty dark but it's like oh why don't I hop the curb and see where that goes kind of like GTA or something uh, is that oh I, I I've never even because I've felt those thoughts before and I've been like oh whoa why did I just think that but I've never really like looked into it actually being a that's I think that's kind of like the call of the void it might be better illustrated by like you're at a cliff and you're like man what if I jumped off but you're not suicidal you're not in a yeah, bad place just say like, oh well what if I did this and then you're like whoa why did I even think of that I think you know that the concept of like having two people within you is actually really interesting because uh, there was one session I was in counseling and I was like yeah man like you know the dark thoughts and the 
sort of like the irrational fears, the dark thoughts, uh, and all of those negative things that I experience in my head, um, as opposed to my more rational thinking, my more optimistic thinking, I feel like those, those are two sides that are like having this battle. And he was like, oh, well, you know, thinking of it as a battle is actually sort of dangerous because in a battle, it's implying that there's one side that's going to lose um, and, you know, maybe go away, not be there anymore. But a better way to look at it is, you know, coming to understand both sides. Coming to terms with things. Yeah, and, like, whenever you come to terms with everything within you, you overall are just going to be a more rational, thinking, um, healthier-minded person. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a really important process uh, that, that is hard to embrace, but once you kind of get rolling, it takes a lot of time, uh, then you can begin to understand yourself uh, fuller, but I also think it's important to stress um, that uh, these negative thoughts you're having, it's okay to have those. It's normal, it's natural, it happens to humans. But you can uh, teach yourself and and research the ways to understand how to mentally progress, essentially. Um, and new things will always come up in your life, and, and again, those old things don't go away. You'll still have those thoughts, but with enough time, you can kind of get used to them, and you can come to better understand them. I've been kind of going through that process recently myself. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think most of it is done on your own, but I think therapy is very important if you are dealing with um, obsessive thoughts, uh, negative thoughts, and just feeling like you are not in control of your mind anymore, I think going to therapy is essential. And I think sometimes whenever you feel like, you know, you've got a pretty good hold on it, and you may not be thriving, but you're doing all right, you know, that's where I was for a long time. I just wasn't going because I was like, oh, you know, I mean, my life's fine. I've got a I've got a girlfriend that I love, I've got, you know, a steady job, and maybe I'm not doing great, but I'm doing alright, and I don't need it. There's nothing that, you know, going to counseling is going to help, because there's nobody that knows better than me, for, that knows better than me what's, what's good for me and what I should be doing. Um, but just, I mean, we wrote down here... CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, it's... Um, yeah, why don't you explain that a little bit? So, you know, I, I am going to read an actual definition to get a, I guess, just a better framework of what it is, but I think CBT is... It gives you a really good structure for your growth and what you're trying to do with your mind, and you're working with a professional, I mean... It's essentially a style of therapy. <clears throat> but I th I'd say it's definitely my favorite. It's it's what my therapist uses, the one that I've been going to on and off for like four years now. Um, and I think it's when you're looking for mastery of your mind and like being able to just experience life fully and be completely in control of your mind. Um, and even whenever you're not like completely you feel like you're not completely in control you have complete awareness of it and you can redirect your thoughts 
Um, I think CBT is the most effective way of doing that. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I was I was listening recently. Um, <coughs> this is somewhat related, but uh, Timothy Leary. Um, you like that guy? You know, a famous um, famous proponent of LSD uh, back in the day. He, uh, in one of his many audio books, um, said when he was he was talking about in the future, um, the intelligent man will be the man who will be able to transfer his consciousness uh, from one kind of plane to another. Now that might be a bit more psychedelic than what we're looking <coughs> at, but I think it relates in terms of having power and control over your mind. Um, it's something that I would definitely say seems a little foreign to me, uh, and I think, you know, different people would react differently to, to understanding that, but what, what's uh, your experience well, been? You know, I think the way I see Timothy Leary is like, <clears throat> I think he's so interesting and so intriguing to just, you know, to listen to all the things he has to say because I think <clears throat> the reason he was sort of not not received very well at the time is because everybody was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? His ideas were very foreign, at least at the time, I think they would still be pretty foreign, just like how far he was stretching his concepts. But at the same time, there's yeah. <clears throat> if you listen to some of the things that he said... There's a lot to be taken from it, and I think, um, I think everybody should listen to at least a little bit of what he has to say. I think, I think <clears throat> you can kind of listen to all the things that he said and get a lot out of it, but you got to you've got to listen to it with the understanding that, you know, unless you're taking a lot of psychedelics, you can't really take it at surface level. Yeah, and you know. It's pretty Leary was there. taking a lot of psychedelics, and that's why he <laughs> he comes across with this. It is a it is a power, but it's a very uh, drug fueled power. Yeah, and I mean, like with with psychedelics, you know, it's you are in a completely different state, and you can you can have breakthroughs. You can sort of uh, you can start looking at things differently, but you've got to take all your gatherings from the trip that you have and then assimilate it into your own perception that you have whenever you're sober um and I think Timothy Leary was just like he was always tripping balls hmm. uh he was always just like sort of on this exploration um of truth and everything and I think he found a lot of great things one really important element I think of Leary is he brings in uh, a lot of elements of Eastern mysticism uh, and essentially um, Eastern trains of thought which we, you know, largely I think lack in the Western world and many of them um, are beneficial to human cooperation uh, and understanding of the self uh, and you know when you take psychedelics you can uh, the self uh, can disappear uh, and some people embrace that, some people have negative reactions with that. However, there is scientific evidence to suggest that um, taking psychedelics and losing some sense of the self, I, I heard today that when you take psychedelics, the region of the brain that uh, essentially controls your identity is kind of turned off. So when you're tripping and you don't have a sense of self, and then you come out of that, you 
have been looking at the world in a different way and you can come to understand yourself in different ways which can help get you out of ruts that you might have been in uh, or negative ways of thinking yeah, I mean to put all this into perspective I guess it's like the way I view psychedelics is you know you're going into an altered state of mind whenever you are your normal way of, of seeing things is sort of completely reframed and you come out of it and I mean a lot of breakthroughs that people have it just makes them see life or specific things that they're struggling with or dealing with um, in a completely different light it's sort of just like reframing the way you viewed things um, and I think that relates well to CBT cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy because you are you're I mean of course it helps you explore yourself and find out new things about you but um, I'd say the biggest thing is the things that you are not okay with um, with yourself and things that you're obsessing about and everything CBT uh, does a really good job at reframing your knowledge that you already have um, and becoming okay with things that you weren't okay with because you are reframing the knowledge in your mind you're putting it in a different light you're changing your perspective um, and I think that's basically what makes you what makes it possible um, to go from a very obsessive person that can just that is just almost incapable of feeling contentment because you're always stressing about something obsessing over something um, but whenever you you know make progress in a when you make progress in something like CBT you're you're taking all those things that you just like were obsessing about, stressing about, and you're reframing it to something like you're. You're thinking about the same thing, and are you? And you have the same knowledge. You're restructuring what you already know, um, with input from another person, you know, a professional that helps you uh, reorganize your thoughts. Is essentially the way I understand it. However, I don't have direct experience with CBT myself. Okay, man. So like, I'm just gonna. There's this page on psychology today. You know what I mean? I don't have, like, a bibliography or anything. Hey, man. So, hey, man. Hit me up. Well, like, hey, man, like, this isn't plagiarism, okay? Um, so if anybody tries to get at me for plagiarizing, here's the bibliography. Psychology Today. This is um, psychologytoday.com. Um, it doesn't say the author, but it's a, you know, everybody knows psychology today. It, the article is called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, CBT. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody go check out this page because it's pretty good. I really enjoy psychology today. <laughs> okay, okay, man, what do we got? What's Sorry, the too many shiners, bro. Um, <laughs> so it says, what is cognitive behavioral therapy? And it says, CBT is a form of psychotherapy that treats problems and boosts happiness by modifying dysfunctional emotions, behaviors, and thoughts. Unlike traditional Freudian psychoanalysis, which probes childhood wounds to get at the root causes of conflict, the root causes of conflict, CBT focuses on solutions, encouraging patients to challenge distorted cognitions and change destructive patterns of behavior. So, I mean, like we said, it's just basically. Um, 
Yeah, I mean... It's changing destructive patterns. Uh, like, so, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, patterns of thinking and pathways in your brain that, like, whenever you get a thought, you sort of have learned or, like, created pathways yourself of where you're going to go with that thought whenever... Mm-hmm. From, the, from the point it enters your brain. Physically, that's how your brain works. Mm-hmm. And until you create new pathways, then you're <coughs> probably just going to keep using the, the same old ones until you get new information about how to progress. And I really like how this puts um, <coughs> encouraging patients to challenge distorted cognitions. Because, I mean, we've also talked about perception and how, like, we perceive things the way we want to. Or, like, whenever we look at something, the way our perception of the event is going to completely change how we remember it and everything. Um, and whenever you have distorted cognitions, quote unquote, it's like, we're going to look at everything completely different. You know, and that could be things like, uh, your body image, uh, or just generally a lot of people deal with, uh, you know, that voice in your head where you're like, I'm not good enough. You know, um, I don't, uh, I don't like my appearance. I don't like how I sound. Um, you know, and those are those are natural things, but uh, something like CBT, I think it can help you begin to uh, not only not only positively compare yourself to other people and realize that um, yes, everybody has these thoughts, but you can also come to to understand that um, there isn't a lot of basis uh, with these things, and you can develop positive. Uh, feedback within your own mind. Well, I also love how it says challenge distorted cognition. So it's not necessarily like, okay, you're going to change your entire way of thinking. You're just going to scrap everything and start anew. It's like, I think the main thing for me has been, you know, just being curious enough to actually um, look at the way I view things and my thought patterns and everything and think about, okay, well, why do I do this? And then whenever you get to the root of why you do things and why you see things a certain way, um, then you can actually assess, okay, do I like this? Do I like why I view things this way? One of the most powerful parts of the human mind is, is uh, having the ability to, to second guess and to understand how things work and to... Uh, while it might be difficult, and I think it is difficult for a lot of people, especially probably the older you get, to try and see things from a different perspective. That's what we were talking about with psychedelics. When you take psychedelics, you are in an altered state and you don't know... Um, you you can't essentially, essentially reflect um, your normal goings-on. And I think with something like CBT, you are able to understand that... Um, you can look at things differently and you can entertain the idea um, that things uh, can be different uh, but it takes it takes work and especially if you've been in that kind of thing for a long time you know some people have a really bad self-esteem like I was saying well I mean it actually says right here on uh, http colon forward slash forward slash www.psychologytoday.com mm-hmm yeah you know, you know that one. Uh, yeah, that website. Yeah, I have that one bookmarked for sure. Yeah, man, it's a good one. So it says here on the same article or page that I was reading before, it says CBT rests on the idea that thoughts and perceptions influence behavior, like we were saying. 
Feeling distressed in some cases may distort one's perception of reality. CBT aims to identify har harmful thoughts, assess whether they are an, are an accurate depiction of reality, and if they are not, employ strategies to challenge and overcome them. And so I think if you think about yourself as a person, uh, having gone through the years, you know, of being from a child, you know, so much uh, that can impact you today could have been influenced by what happened to you as a child, especially if it was traumatic, you know. It doesn't happen to everybody, but it, but it is there. That stuff stays with you and you develop your neural pathways in your brain and you become the person that you are. But until you are exposed to uh, information that can help you relearn things that you maybe want to relearn, things that you're not comfortable with with yourself. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, that they can change. Uh, and it's understandable because it's so difficult to, to, to visualize um, yourself helping yourself. But with the help of another person, or a, or a theory or a structure, or, or maybe just research, you know, if you really invest yourself in this, then, then you can help yourself. Um, it it takes time and it takes effort. Which well, is I think hard. I think a lot of of it is just like hope that you are fixable, or that there there is like another future for you. Like because I think you know I didn't start going to therapy until I was fifteen, and I had just I had already formed so many ideas of the things around me and the things within my head, I was like, okay, well, nobody else feels this way. I'm so disturbed, and I thought I was going to be, you know, feeling unpleasant for the rest of my life because I didn't think that there was anything I could do. I thought I was just, like, inherent in my being. Mm -hmm. um, and going to therapy, it's just like, you know, you're meeting with somebody who's a professional and understands things about you that you know you never really questioned before you might, you might have questioned it but you didn't really think it was like something that you could explore and learn more about and make sense of and it's like with that lack of understanding you really lose hope and it leads to some dark depression especially you know in things like that depression it's a vicious cycle where if you're depressed you're probably not going to want to talk to people as much. So you might stop seeing people. Mm -hmm. You might still be around them, but are you really talking to them? Are you really into it? Maybe not, because you're depressed, and, and we know how that that pain uh, becomes you. It is like a, a very harsh <coughs> cycle, I'd say, because whenever you feel depressed, or just like the the worse you feel, the the more, the, I mean, the less desire um, you'll feel to be around other people and you know share intimacy share um companionship and really share your ideas with them and it's really important to have people around you that you can relate to that you can um empathize with yeah i think a lot of it has to do with empathy because you alienate yourself whenever you don't have a lot of understanding um, into your own emotions and your own thoughts. And maybe you've had experiences where things didn't go well, so you know I think a lot of people think, well, I'm just not going to do it again, and then it won't happen. That's a that's a very understandable reaction. 
but if it's uh, in the case of love, where it's like, oh, it didn't go well, so I'm just, I'm just not gonna, you know, try, or, or I'm not gonna go near that. Well, my friend, you might not be having much love uh, in in the future if you don't at least uh, entertain or or be open to the idea that um, things can be different with a different partner. But that and can apply to other areas of life as well. And you know, I mean, you you have to be willing to have the experiences good and bad because you know if you disconnect and you don't gotta take the good with the bad yeah and I mean if, if you aren't willing to experience pain sometimes then you are really just not going to try to have any experiences at all and you aren't going to experience love you aren't going to experience real joy um, and if somebody hurts you and you just completely you know, you just say, okay, I'm never going to open myself up to somebody again because this person just, like, fucked me real good. Like, real, I mean, not real good. Yeah, she fucked me real bad. Sometimes bad sometimes they fuck you real good and real bad, which is probably one of the roughest fucks. Yeah, dude. Like, whenever the fucks are really good, and then they fuck you real bad. And then you're like, man, I thought we were good. And then they fuck you real good again. And you're like, well, maybe things weren't so bad, but the bad fucks don't go away a lot of the time. <laughs> and it's it's not easy, brother, you know? It's it's hard. We're out here. we out here taking this shit, man. Uh, but we're living, and we're learning, and we're growing. And that's, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and I mean, I, th- I think, you know, going to therapy and expressing these things, these fears they will really um, they will really put those fears into perspective and they'll tell you um, they'll tell you these things that we're talking about right now um, because I think if you therapy you know I just gotta say it should not be underestimated when a person when their profession is to essentially help you with your mind it can be a extremely beneficial thing well I mean I, I think you know, I think me and you are we're pretty lucky because, you know, we have each other and we also have some other friends that we are actually, like, pretty intimate in our conversation. Uh, we talk about the things that we're struggling with, the things that we're feeling, and, you know, we talk about where to go from there, what we can what we can do to, to help our, our states that we're in, um, and we don't ever accept defeat. Yeah. Um, but but a lot of people they don't really have that in their friendships. Maybe they have plenty of friends that they hang out with all the time, but they don't have that that dialogue. Um, well, yeah, it's just like you know the I would call it the American standard of. Um, it it is funny because in America, we don't just a lot of time we don't just say hi, hi, we say hey how's it going, and you're gonna say good, but maybe a lot of the time you're not good and you know if you don't actually have those people in your life that you're willing to open up to and talk about serious deep matters um, then it it would be worth it to, to seek that out maybe through therapy when it's like in therapy it's like it's the reason that you're going is to open up and like sometimes I mean like some people are better than others at just the act of opening up and like I mean a lot of people go to therapy and like, oh, if I'm going to therapy, that's going to just going to be, like, I'm not really going to have to put the work in. If I'm going, then that's, in, in itself is 
progress and they're just going to kind of sit there and not say much but just there therapy is like it's structured it's you know it's expected to be this type of thing whenever you know just having friends um you know they're those expectations aren't there for everybody i mean for me it's like i'm not going to be close friends with somebody i'm not going to like speak to somebody on a regular basis whenever we don't have that type of conversation because i because i know that about myself now and then i didn't used to be that way whenever i didn't really have this understanding of myself well you know everybody is different uh, i mean i myself uh, i think i've come to understand uh, maybe just a little more than other people um the way i see it but i consider myself a, um, a pretty pretty real person in terms of like I don't have a lot of capacity to put up a fakeness with people um, and there can be positives to that but the negatives can be that sometimes I feel like I don't have the ability to, to empathise as well um, and it's these things it's these things that, uh, like understanding yourself and coming to, to realise um, maybe where you'd like to improve or, or or maybe who you feel you are so you know you're not really going to change because you are comfortable with that aspect of yourself if you can understand those then you can understand what kind of people you like to be with and, and what kind of environments you like to associate yourself with yeah and so I mean I gotta <coughs> I just gotta say I mean a big thing about therapy is you know say you get to the point where you're like okay I need help and you really accept you accept it um, and that's I mean it's a really difficult place to get to whenever you're like okay I can't do this on my own anymore or well, that's that's I think very often the situation with therapy is someone doesn't think they need therapy until things get very bad that's what mm. happened with me uh, yeah and like I stopped going for a while and then whenever my girlfriend broke up with me it was like okay, I, I need to do something. Uh, I need to. Um, but then you get to this point where you're like, okay, now I'm going to therapy. been going for a bit. You know, it's been all right. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, looking for, you're looking for this progress to be proud of and you're like something to measure. And a lot of the time, your growth and the progress that you make mentally um, and just understanding yourself, being more comfortable with yourself, being happier... A lot of it is not really that measurable. You're you're looking for something to to look back at, um, to really feel this this growth in you, um, and sometimes it's it's really hard to be able to to see the change. Well, that's the thing. Like we've talked about in uh, our previous episodes, uh, the self is not measurable. Um, it's it's very hard to create a science around that because it's not a physical thing uh, and growth within the self growth within yourself over time is something that only really you can know you know you're the only one that can really know yourself however it should be noted that you can always know yourself better by exposing yourself to new environments maybe traveling um, and, and and trying to develop your own ideas about how you feel about things I mean, something I, I, something I heard in, in this podcast a few days ago that I really liked was they were talking about how 
even whenever you have changed for the better and you've become more comfortable with yourself, all that, you're still going to feel some of the things that you're trying to run away from or just get better at, you know, say you get depressed, say you start thinking about something that used to, like, really get to you in the past. I can um, heavily relate to that, yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, but whenever you start feeling that thing that you thought you had gotten past, that you thought you were better with, you know, look at how in the past maybe you felt that same emotion, but you, in the past, you would feel it, and you would just really you'd really give up and you would just feel that for the rest of the day your day was over because you're wallowing that pain. you you would wallow in it um it would be really intense something that you felt like you couldn't overcome and say now now you feel it a few months later and it's you recognize that that raw emotion it's it's very familiar to you but it's less um encompassing it's less encompassing, and now you have um, you have tactics to sort of get past it and go on with your day. And before you you didn't have any understanding of it, so you didn't know how to get past it. You didn't know what to do to stop obsessing over it. It's a it's a very <clears throat> like I was saying earlier. Once you create the pathways in your brain to deal with things, then you have more options at your disposal to analyze the situation and analyze your own feelings. Uh, a good friend of ours recently, um, he said something that kind of stuck with me. He was like, you know, if you're feeling something, uh, for instance, an example is you're sad, um, it can be beneficial to say to yourself, um, okay me like I am sad this is why I'm sad this is why I'm feeling it uh, and that in the moment can help you to yeah better understand yourself um, and that better understanding leads to you know it's not it's not going to lead to just like not feeling that unpleasant emotion at all but whenever you understand why you're feeling it you're going to feel um you're going to feel less trapped in it. And you're, you're going to see sadness, um, pain, stuff like that is less of a bad thing and more of just like a natural part of life. Because before, I mean, m most people with less of an understanding of it, they're going to just see pain and sadness as like inherently bad and something that they don't want to feel, so they're going to avoid at all costs. But whenever you have a larger understanding of it, you're going to just see that it's very natural and that avoiding it and trying to escape it isn't going to lead to any good. So you're just going, you're going to accept it and have, you know, a better relationship to it. I think um, a metaphor I might give it is if you have a problem and you leave it unaddressed, you know, you push it down, um, kind of like in the gender stereotype of men, we don't talk about our feelings, you know. Mm -hmm. If you have that feeling, then it's like Sisyphus, if you're familiar with the legend, he has the massive... Uh, well, he has to push the massive rock, right? In my metaphor, I was thinking, there's a there's a boulder on your back, and that's the problem, and it's weighing you down. You feel weighed down by the emotion. But if you learn to deal with things, then that can become smaller, and it won't be as much of a weight on you. 
uh, it will still be there it will never leave you know you were saying earlier it, it's part of you it will always be there Mm-hmm. but you come to better understand things and eventually they have less weight to them and they're not as big a deal to you because you understand them more fully were we talking about all this last week? oh it's hard to remember it's been a little while since our last episode I guess well no I mean like not like last episode like whenever we were at Dave's oh well yeah we had a, we had a long conversation there should we let our listeners know what we were doing on that very night? Alright, so, I mean, the two of us, I mean, we took not even a full tab, but we took a little bit of LSD trying to just... Three quarters of a tab of LSD. I mean, so... 75 UG. Huh? 75 UG. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, I mean, after I sort of express my intentions, you can you can say you know, why you did it, what you got out of it and everything. But, I mean, so personally, I I wanted to take, you know, just a little bit because in the past I had had, the last, so the last time I took it, it was sort of a negative experience. Not, like, completely terrible. Um, it wasn't, like, a horror story like you read sometimes. But um, it just wasn't as good as the first few times that I took it. And it sort of turned me off to it for a while. Um, so I didn't do it for like over a year so my thoughts were okay well I'm gonna sort of just ease into it because I don't want to like just take off swinging whenever I haven't done it in so long um and you know I did have the understanding that okay if I do this much um it's not going to give me a crazy experience I'm not really gonna trip that hard but maybe it will you know encourage some introspection sort of release some of my inhibitions from before and I would just have a sort of a clear head to think about all the things that I've been going through lately that I've been you know wrestling in my head that's the hope yeah yeah and I mean I'd, I'd say the outcome was so for a couple hours I just I sort of felt some euphoria I was um, I didn't have any breakthroughs or anything like that but I was just, I don't know, I mean, we've been talking a lot about experiences. You know, I think, I think largely uh, when it comes to psychedelics, maybe unless you're alone, you know, and you're, you're really in your thoughts, right, because you're not talking to other people, um, maybe then there, there could be a higher chance of, uh, of really addressing problems, you know, if you have them written down and you're looking through them and, you, and you're thinking about them, you're on the psychedelic. I think that could be powerful. Um, but a lot of the time, I think, you know, at least in all my experiences, you're with other people and you don't exactly know how you're going to feel or what you're going to think about. Uh, we did uh, have uh, as a large group I think there was about six or seven of us but only three of us were, were under the effects um, we had this kind of spontaneous uh, really nice uh, empathetic conversation between us all um, that I think was you know definitely kind of induced because I mean, some was, of us were tripping and it was very I would say it was uniquely intimate considering how many people were in the circle because it started out and we're all males yeah I mean it and I think that's what I love about our friend group is because we sort of, we don't really, we don't really, uh, we don't really, ex- ex- 
we don't really accept the way that men are socialized to be this, um, you know... Masculine authority. I think we're all very comfortable with ourselves um, and comfortable with each other. And, you know, it started out with, the, like, I think there was, like, four people downstairs in the room just kind of having this intimate conversation about about some stuff because one of the people in the room uh, just got broken up with and he you know he's pretty bummed about it pretty lost uh, doesn't really know where to go from here and I was trying to give my I was trying to give you know my my talk about how it happened to me a few months ago and sort of like hey man it right now it feels like it does not get better it genuinely feels like you're you're going to be miserable forever because I remember that you know um, but basically I was like, you know, dude, no matter how bad it feels right now, if you actually put in the effort, you put in the work, um, for yourself and everything, like, it, it will get better. Um, and I think he needed to hear that. Um, I and think, then just, I think I, I helped him now. well, I mean, and I feel like organically it's sort of, it kind of, uh, shifted into this other conversation just about not only breakups, but you know, trying to be the best you that you can be in life. And, and the, the troubles that we face in our lives currently. And, you know, how we understand them, where we go from there, how we try to... Um, how we try to overcome those things. And, you know, it was... Uh, as I said, it was, it was spontaneous in nature, but when you think about groups like this where we're all talking... Um, it is the embodiment of the sense of community that has been lost in modern society. Our ancestors, um, not that long ago, even if just in their families, you know, families used to be bigger, right? And people didn't have much to do at night, so they would uh, break out the instruments and the songs and they would talk and they would tell stories and they would socialise. We, I think uh, many Americans, uh, especially because of the unique nature of America we, we do not have access to that kind of um, culture anymore uh, there is not a culture of of uh, familiarity uh, if, if you get my drift if you could say it that way well you know I, mean, I, I recently I've actually personally been exploring the concept of secular spirituality you know how, how does one be spiritual um, and have like have a similar fulfillment to to one that follows a religion whenever you don't follow a religion whenever you don't follow a god um i was actually talking about it in counseling today because i was like you know man this is something that i've been thinking about lately exploring trying to make more sense of um and i think one of the biggest things to religion um is community and having people around you that you know they have something in common something that they're striving towards together you have something that brings you together and I think something that has always been so fulfilling to me about our little group of friends um, or just anybody that you can relate to anybody that you have these intimate conversations with it is a, a sense of community. It's a sense of, 
you know, um, togetherness. I think it can kind of um, embody uh, <coughs> almost um, like a spirit or like a force. When, you, when you're talking to someone and you say, you know, let's talk about... Um, because I empathize with you and I empathize with my other friends about the, the troubles that we faced and, and things like depression. So when I talk to you and I say, hey, you know when you're really depressed and you feel like you don't want to get out of bed and you understand... You know, you're someone who, who knows where I'm coming from. Uh, then that is a deeper connection we can share that uh, is beyond physicality. You know, it's not just a, it's not just um, being somewhere somewhere with your friends and talking about uh, the weather. <laughs> you know, I guess that's a lame example, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to rain later. Man, it's been so funny. Uh, there's the cold front coming in, you know? It's, uh, you better bring your plants inside, my friends. It's a bit drafty in here. What else have we got on the old notebook, though? Um, so I'd say, um, you know, on the topic of change, in growth and sort of trying to measure um, progress or, or differences between your current self and the person that you once were, the struggles that you once had. So we, we did talk about, you know, reading old journals um, mm. and sort of, I think I, I said, you know, whenever you are seeing a family member every day um, and you're growing and you're changing, you know, they're not really going to notice it very much because they see you every day and it's not as dramatic, it's not as uh, as much of a drastic change because it's very gradual because they're seeing you all the time. But, you know, whenever you go to, like, uh, if it's a holiday and you see a family member, member that you see once or twice a year, they're always like, oh, you've changed so much in this way, in this way, you've gotten taller, stuff like that, because they're not seeing you all the time. Um, and they're able to to notice the change much more. Um, it can be a hard thing to wrap your mind around the, the changing of yourself and realizing that um, eventually you are just no longer the same person. Because I mean, if, if, if you look three months ago, you know. Well, if you look back at like old journals, you know, like the the later back you go, the more change you'll notice. But like. Just in your way of thinking, the the ability that you have to express yourself, um, your vocabulary, your language—it's like you you're always changing, or at least you should be. And I think me and you, I think me and you definitely have a lot. Yeah, I mean, and, and the experiences you're exposed to just uh, change you a whole lot, you know. Uh, especially like you might have opinions about something, you might have opinions about the homeless, right? But then one day you, you're around the homeless, you have interactions with them, you see the humanity of people. You're probably going to think about the homeless a little bit different, you know? And then the next time you see a homeless person, you might think about the last time you saw them. And that will help you kind of snowball your thoughts. Um, also, I mean, we did say, like, you know, what you know now can only be built upon. Um, and things 
getting to you now, you know, in, in the future, whenever you're a different person, it will seem distant, it will seem almost comical that you, that you were um, caught up in this thing that you're caught up in now, things that you're obsessing over now that you're worried about. It's like in the future, whenever you're in a different, <coughs> a different place, you know, you're close to different people, and you're in a, def- uh, like a different mental state. Like, maybe you're just much healthier, you're doing better, you look back at this at this time that, that's so far away, um, so so much in the past, it'll be like, you know, I can't believe I was worried about that. I can't believe I was caught up in those things. Like A lot of the time, I think, um, you know, I'm imagining, I'm imagining older people, at least middle-aged people, you go through all these trials in your life. Trials, good times, take the good with the bad. And yeah, it is like the classic, uh, the, you give the example of like an old person, you know, old to me anyway, like, aha, remember the time I crashed my car? Oh man, that sucked. But they can laugh about it now, obviously, because it's not happening. It was a and long you know, in this, in this concept that we're talking about, it, it, I think it, if you are looking for hope um, in, in the bad times and you just like, you're like, oh man, like I feel so bad right now. Uh, it's it's really hard to even imagine that things are going to get better. Um, it's it's a comforting thought to to look back at things that you used to think, like the ways that you used to see the world, and like looking how you see it now. It's like you know things are always changing. Your perception is changing. Your uh, things that you know, things that you believe to be true, it's always changing. And like no matter how bad you feel right now, uh, you know things move really quickly. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would say like if you uh, if you feel like things aren't changing for you, um, then then make something change in your life. Go out and maybe just start doing a hobby. Maybe just start walking around in nature more, or you know, look for clubs in your city or where you live and try and join them. If you if you change, if you make the effort to change things for yourself, then you will at least be exposed to something new, which will stimulate your brain uh, and give you new memories and new experiences. Yeah, man, something that really sticks out to me um, on this on this paper that we were kind of putting together when we were talking about the episode, it says, uh, we worship static times when they were always part of an inevitably dynamic flow. Um, and sometimes it feels like right now, It sometimes it feels like right now um, we're pretty static, things aren't changing. Um, but, you know, I think, I think, when we've talked about it before, I think we romanticize the times in which uh, things felt pretty comfortable. You know, maybe we had somebody in our life that that made us happy, that made us that made us feel special, um, or we were pretty happy with our living situation, and we grew complacent, and we weren't really doing much to to change our living situation because take we, things for granted because we felt okay with it. Um, but we weren't really doing much to, to better ourselves or to, because you just don't feel the need, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that catches up to you though. And whenever you stop trying to grow and stop trying to better yourself, or make things, make your current situation better, and you aren't growing, you aren't doing anything, then everything around you will start to change and you stop changing so you're going to get caught under the rug um, 
you're going to get caught under the rug until you kind of come to accept and understand the change that has come. Um, and then you change yourself because you get used to it. You know, and like, and whenever things are always changing around you, and you're and you're always changing, you know, it always just works out. But um, things change so quickly; everything around you is going to be moving so fast. If you stop growing, then the world around you and the people around you—they're going to outgrow you, and you're just going to be left behind. And then you're just going to feel so lost and sort of um, alienated. Hmm? Hmm? Alienated. Yeah, and. And then you're going to pick yourself up again. You're going to start growing. You're going to, you're going to do what you need to do in that situation. But, I mean, I would, I guess, I would argue that you shouldn't get to that place where you're going static because you should appreciate the things that you have around you. And you know, don't just grow for yourself, but like, you know, grow for everybody around you. Grow for. I mean, it sounds sort of cliche and cheesy, but it's like, grow for the world. Grow, grow I was going to say, grow for the world, man. Grow for life. Grow for existence. You, obviously, you owe it to yourself, but also, yeah, you owe it to humanity. Maybe you can come up with something or change the change the, the world or just, like, create something that really touches somebody. Um, maybe, and maybe a better way to think about it or more visceral way to think about it it's not change the world but change your world you know the, th- the, the world that you find yourself in the place you know how can you how can you affect that if you if you want to yeah hmm. yeah I think we've we've talked about some pretty heavy stuff this episode but you know um Growth and change are things that oftentimes come naturally when you least expect them. Um, just because a lot of the time with new experiences, you can't prepare for them. Um, and you know, I mean, I think if anything, I would just say it's really easy and it's natural um, to to sort of disconnect and not really put yourself out there, not just for romantic experiences, but just for anything. If if you've been hurt in the past or you're just fearful of certain situations, not based on prior experience, but if you're if you're scared to get hurt, no matter what, that's completely natural and you shouldn't beat yourself you shouldn't beat yourself up over it. But you know, I would say that if you are not putting yourself out there, you're not you're not searching for those experiences just because you're scared of you know how you may get hurt or uncomfortable situations stuff like that then you're not going to be living uh, life to the fullest and you're not going to be you're not going to be having those experiences that you're that you're supposed to look back on you know and I think you know a lot of the time we can look at growth as like you say oh you got to put yourself out there and I think that can come across in the mind as um, more than more than you might make it out to be. You so, gotta get naked in the park. I mean, <coughs> step one, you gotta get naked in the park. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, all it takes a lot of the time, you know, 
is doing one thing, taking small steps, saying one thing to one person, looking someone in the eye, going a new place, you know. And if you think about things incrementally like that, then it can help you realize that, that change and growth can be easier than than you might realize, you know. Um, if you got to take out a piece of paper and, and get a pen and, and write down, like, man, I, I do want to change this thing about myself. Okay, well, here's how I can do it step by step, day by day, week by week. What can I do? And eventually you'll find that you have changed and possibly for the better. Structure is good. Exactly. That's sort just of having CBT. It's a structure, you know. Sort of having a model to go off of um, for growth. It makes measuring progress a lot easier. Um, it makes it easier to sort of assess what you're wanting in this whole in this whole um, stage that you're in. And maybe maybe what you want is to not be is to not have some part of yourself that you have right now. You just want that to be gone, not changed. But I, mean, I, th- I think the biggest thing is just, yeah, like, you know, trying to find what you want, how to get there, um, and then, you know, the, I think you shouldn't always focus on the end, the end game, or, like, what you're wanting, I think. Because a lot I, of time, I it takes a lot of time, yeah. It takes a lot of time, but then also I think there's just so much, um, so much to learn while you're while you're on that path and I think a lot of it is more enjoyable than a lot of people would give it credit you know yeah I mean a lot of the time if uh, if you don't stop to look around just like Ferris Bueller says you know you're not gonna you're not gonna notice things you know and just and always looking towards the future you may you may find yourself disconnecting from the present like we've talked about um and I think along the way there's just so many little things that you could enjoy a lot more than you might think um, and that can be that disconnection can be comforting but I think we both know that's something you can fall into uh, and you you don't want to come out sometimes you can't come out that easily no man and then you find yourself in counselling for years trying to fix your dissociation and then they put the straight jacket on you and you're like let me out of this room and they're, they're not going to let you out of the room man that's how it works I don't know dude like every morning I wake up and I feel like I'm in <laughs> what are those what are those rooms called whenever you're in straight jacket and it's like it's the entire room is white there's like no doors you're just like you feel like you're like in it I think it's like cushioned man you know in solitary confinement a lot of solitary confinement they have a light on right they mm-hmm. don't turn the light off during the night it sounds like the good life dude where do I sign up man like that's (laughs) my that's my idea of heaven of uh, like complete bliss they say heaven is a white glistening place you know man my challenge to the viewers I mean the listeners because there's no visual uh, thing no you know really think about what you actually want in life not just you know what you want to do as a career Oh, I want to fall in love. Like, what? What do you enjoy? What do you? What are you actually wanting right now? If and you, if you don't know what you want in life, then maybe you can go out and travel, go out and experience more, so you can see. What experience you like. more, and then you can also just like there's never, there's never enough searching. You know, always try to figure out what you're wanting at the current moment, and not only what do you want, but you know how do you achieve that? How do you make that happen? How do you get that? Um. 
And you know, at that, I think, I think we're at about time. Um, and that'll that'll conclude this bad boy right here. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't think we're gonna be friends next week, so this is probably our last episode. Um, but it was really nice these few episodes. Um, it was it was a really fun experience, and then I'm probably just gonna start a podcast by myself. Um, I'm gonna start a, a rival podcast, so you should listen to that one instead. You know, fuck you, dude. We're not friends anymore. I'm never <laughs> gonna talk to you again, and I probably won't listen to your podcast either because it's probably gonna be really dry and boring. And I'm, I'm probably gonna, gonna steal I'm probably not gonna understand. I'm gonna word. steal your microphone. I'm probably not gonna understand a word you say because your accent is too thick, and you know you should move back to Scotland. Well, you know, being Scottish has always been like a really difficult part of my life. Um, <laughs> 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 you know what non-stop negative stigma no. yeah, okay alright this has been another episode of penis and vagina you got Good night. me you got me